Welcome, everybody. Good afternoon, and uh, and welcome to this is actually our number twenty-one in our um, series of webinars that we've been we've been doing since uh, lockdown, where we're really focusing on trying to give people uh, really good advice and tips and 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 bring data and insight to to bear on what has been a you know a pretty tricky situation for for everybody regardless of uh, what sector you're in um obviously today we're focusing on fashion and fashion retail um which uh, has uh, probably seen some of the biggest swings and uh, and uh, and uh, deviations from the norm uh, of any vertical um, and today, uh, joining me on the webinar are Scott Holland, who's our sales director. Hi, Scott. Hi. Um, Becca Tredgett, who's our head of strategic mm. planning. Uh, Becca's uh, not only spends her whole time looking at fashion websites and uh, sharing what everyone's up to, but she uh, heads uh, really into the data, which is brilliant. And uh, last but not least, Ben Homer, who's our head of paid media. Hi, ben. Hi everyone. So what Ben doesn't know about, um, you know, PPC and Google Shopping ads uh, isn't worth knowing. So hopefully we've got a good team uh, today and uh, we can uh, we can get into some interesting questions and, and discussions. Um, I mean, just to kick off, um, clearly uh, the the data coming through from the ONS um, yesterday, um, uh, obviously it made all the headlines. So it won't be much of a shock to people that are in the industry um, and clearly... You know, I think we're going to see a load of statistics like this, which which reflect um, the reality of what happens when you when you shut down an economy, uh, and and certainly when you shut down the, down the high street. So um, I think it just starts to throw things into kind of sharp contrast um, of, of of what that impact has been. And although um, you know we might see some stories about a, a kind of shift to online, uh, you know we're we're under no illusions about the the severity of the impact. So I guess um, over and above the the ONS data and uh, and everything else, I think it's just uh, I think our first question and the first thing we want to talk about is um, you know it's obviously been a challenging time and you know we've had the the enforced closure of the stores. Um, uh, for the whole of this quarter. Um, so, what are the what are the key trends that we're we're seeing now um, in fashion retail? I don't know whether you want to take that, Becca. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I guess what's important to reflect is I know um, a lot of the ONS data came out yesterday, and really what we've seen a, a you know a big trend out of that, and I think we've all recognised it across the industry, is that people are obviously spending a much much higher proportion of their time at home, not going out shopping. So obviously we're seeing a, a huge proportion of trading has now moved online. Um, in fact, I think ONS said it was a record high of thirty one percent, and you know that's especially um, relevant for fashion sector because we're seeing actually that that's got a huge amount of um, businesses trading online only and actually the highest sector out of all of those that the ONS looked at. Um, I think what we're really seeing is that actually this is presenting um, I guess two areas. We're seeing that you know, there's obviously a lot of challenges, especially for those stores that are traditionally bricks and mortar. So, you know, someone like Primark, we've seen that there have been reports that they're losing um, £650 million per month um, because they don't have online trading. But actually, we're seeing that there is a really big opportunity for online trade, um, online trading, especially for fashion. And, you know, usually that sits at about 25% of the industry in terms of online trading. But actually, last month, we saw that grow up to 50, um, 50%. So actually, um, there are a lot of kind of opportunities that presents fashion clients. 
Anybody else want to add, add anything to, to, to those numbers, uh, Scott or Ben? Yeah, I think we're seeing it. I think we're seeing it vary across sector. I think mm. we're looking at some of the client base we've got. I think a lot of retailers are, um, a lot of retailers are obviously struggling. Bricks and mortar is a is a massive overhead, but I think we're seeing even ones within certain similar demographics um, where that business is doing particularly well, still investing in paid, still going after the market, and others have sort of battened down the hatches and and, and trying to conserve cash. And I think some of that is, is is very much dependent on what cash position the business went into this this with, um, and whether they're in a protection of protection, or they've still got some some cash to go and to go in to go and try and grow market share. Because there is opportunity to, mm. to get market share within that. We're seeing a lot of people that they're very granular focused and they're they're working well. Then seeing strong ROIs. I think we are seeing a lot of traffic. I think we're not seeing conversions. Um, conversions probably trend upwards on the same level i think certainly at the start of lockdown there was lots of traffic lots of people online lots of browsing but the revenue generated from that wasn't wasn't as wasn't as steep i think that's began to improve as people are seeing lockdown lockdown sort of loosening on the horizon i think this week we've seen um, a lot of clients begin to start looking at new campaigns new launches new budget because they can see an end to that in three or four weeks time yeah or certainly growth so i think it's just looking at well yes it's been very difficult but how do you pick some winners going forward over the next two or three weeks where you can you can maximize revenue um and then start looking towards those retails with store openings there's an awful lot going to be going on there to understand whether you can do it profitably but i think you should be able to and ben will probably know more but in terms of being able to granularly pick a category and go after those products that are doing well at the moment is key yeah, you kind of stole my thunder a bit there, Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you, you've pretty much you've pretty much hit the, hit the nail on the head. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff I think we'll kind of come on to. There's a lot of things you can be doing right now, not necessarily just for what's going to happen in the shorter term, but the, the longer term as well. Um, so, you know, everyone's financial situation is different. Every company is in a completely different situation to another. So we may have one that's, you know, financially stable and they've got a lot of time and a lot of money to, to invest right now, which in an ideal world is what everyone should be doing. But we know that that, you know, that isn't the case for most people. So it's about how you systematically plan for not just, you know, what's happening in the next couple of days, but in the next four weeks plus as well. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, and I think one, one of the things that we know uh, about fashion and we know uh, uh, around a number of different uh, sectors within retail is that, you know, there's the, there's the end retailer and then there's, a, there's quite a number of middlemen and people that have maybe just sold to the trade before. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've seen certainly in the, in the last couple of weeks is um, people coming to us and saying, OK, how do I turn my my trade uh, business into a direct consumer business, which um, which, which is which is which is great. And we've seen that happen across food as well. Um, so I think that kind of brings us on to the kind of second question, which is with not only audiences moving online, but also, you know, other businesses and just generally a, a kind of upweighting of the uh, you know totally appreciating that that you know that maybe the, the the revenue numbers for april haven't been there but this high very high percentage of people shopping online with, with this move to online um you know what what are, what are the basics uh, that that retailers should be looking at and um you know how do you start to maximize your online opportunity 
Yeah, I think I'll, you want to take that one? Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, so I think there's there's two really kind of simple options that will not only set you up shorter term, but but kind of longer term as well. And it, it does fall into the world of paid. So, you know, while, while we're focusing on the fashion sector, um, obviously, I would assume 99% of, of fashion retailers have an online store. Um, so, you know, migrating onto something like Google Shopping is absolutely crucial. You know, you, there's a lot of online demand as Becca touched on, you know, it's increased quite dramatically over the, the past kind of eight to 10 weeks. Um, you know, people aren't allowed to leave the house. So regardless of their financial situation, what, what we're kind of seeing is that that demand is still there. Um, and while it might not be that lower end of the funnel demand, it might be, you know, the, the higher end. So, you know, best places to buy X or, or something along those kind of lines. The demand is still there, so making sure that you're you're available for that demand is really key. Not only for now and the next couple of weeks, but for the longevity of your kind of online strategy. So, so one thing that we always recommend to, to any kind of retailer is, is utilizing Google Shopping. Um, you know, the the auction place is probably more competitive now than it than it ever has been um, because of the amount of you know um, brands that are utilizing this. But while we're in this period of lockdown, there are a number, like we say, depending on financial situations of people who are kind of putting things on hold, which isn't something we advise because there's there's a lot of you know background issues with, with Google about putting things on pause. But just making sure that you've got that online presence is is really key. Um, and Google Shopping's a, a cheap way to kind of advertise your products um, while, while the demand is is still there. And and just to kind of add to that thing, something else that's probably more important now than it ever has been is having a social presence. Um, so uh, around about four weeks ago, Facebook saw a 50% increase in traffic um, compared to, to the kind of prior to lockdown, which is an incredible amount of traffic that they were kind of getting through. But that's due to, you know, all of us being stuck in the house. We weren't allowed to really go anywhere. Um, you know, things that have loosened a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but we still weren't allowed to go anywhere. So a lot of people were spending more time online. They were interacting more on social. And when we're looking at how we're going to sustain this for the, the longer term, it, it's making sure your brand is there at the right time. And while people are spending more time on social using, you know, interest demographics and these kind of things that are really key to putting your brand out there, regardless of whether you're, you know, a multi-million pound e-commerce retailer that a lot of people have heard of, or whether you're a, you're a small independent, it's still quite important to make sure your brand's out there. People know who you are because if you're there and you're putting the right, rest, the right messaging across right now, you're going to be the ones they remember out the back of this. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that that kind of, it, c- it kind of leads on to kind of thinking about your whole kind of experience that you're, you're offering to people. So it might start with a, a, a search and a click on a, 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 you know, a shopping ad, or it might start with seeing a, a sponsored post in social. But, you know, there's never been a more important time to kind of focus on the user experience that you're offering through your website. So making sure that your brand and your tone of voice is coming through strongly so that you're going to stick in people's minds as they come out of this, you know, sticking us at a, a point like this where, you know, the, the data says that more people have gone to more websites than they would ever normally go to. Now, you want to make sure that the experience that you gave them is memorable for all the right reasons and they're going to come back. So investment into UX is is, is really important. And, and also, you know, if, if lockdown doesn't miraculously result in crowded uh, high streets, which is pretty unlikely, then um, this investment that you can put into your online and your UX at the moment is going to pay dividends as we might go through quite a slow uh, so uh, lockdown. Scott, any thoughts around this one? Yeah, I think it, it'd be interesting to see what happens when it comes out of lockdown. Does this dam of purchases and people being able to do more outside sort of increase that demand? So I think it's, it's understanding that 
does that is that a longer trail? Be interesting to see how more people come online, or is it a big Black Friday type splurge on holidays, on cars, on clothes for going out? All of these things that people have naturally held back on because they're they're out less. So I think the UX one's a, a good a good point. Is how do you understand how this very low volume of people who are on your site just now are interacting and converting? And making changes now that when that that rush does come, that you're you're maximising that in terms of on-site UX and also conversion. I think knowing where your base is in that journey. Um, I know we touched on sort of spend and and sort of conversions. I think what we've seen is some of the more affluent affluent demographics. Those conversions have held up stronger, so they seem to be a couple of weeks ahead in terms of maybe expensive footwear and others, they, they're still spending. I think where we've seen the biggest lag is, is in certainly is fast fashion. So mm. they're really struggling. So if you're, if you're on that cycle of potentially a, a, a lower income demographic, you're potentially more impacted by furlough at this point, they are, that, they're really struggling at the moment. So looking at social, is it pushing social for awareness for when they come out? Is it trying to get most of shopping? Is probably understanding where they are on that journey. That cycle of buy on a Tuesday for wearing on a Friday is gone. Mm. Um, so until that one comes back, it, it's more important to stay front of mind and, and have an offer as well. I think where we're seeing retailers is if you're just throwing the brand and somebody somebody in front of someone with the same message, it's not converting. If you've offers, you've sales, you've a discount, you've competitions, you've other ones, they are where people are engaging more in the noise that they're seeing. Yeah, yeah, and Becca, didn't uh, Global Web Index do some interesting stuff around? Yeah, and... so they did some research around, you know, what is most likely going to sway people into an online purchase. Um, and really what was coming back strongly was firstly free delivery, which I don't think is a huge surprise to anyone. But reliable delivery next down, you know, I think with people being at home and, you know, you relying on that that item getting to you, it's not like if it doesn't get to you in time, you can pop out and pick up something else, you know, really thinking about the couriers that are being used. And then also a free returns policy, um, really, really important. But now we're seeing a lot of retailers actually be really flexible with their returns policy. Um, so, you know, people like ASOS and Nasty Gal, they're extending it out to 90 days. Um, so bringing little things like that through your comms can really kind of help you increase that conversion. Yeah, great. Um, so, I mean, as lockdown's lifted, so there's been loads of weird things that have happened in the world from um, us all from a fashion point of view, only having to think about this bit of our body. Mm. Um, you know, we could all be wearing skorts are the new thing. They are trending. They are. So, um, you know, so so as lockdown's lifted, do we think any of it, what, what do we think is going to happen? Are there, are there kind of any opportunities that are going yeah. to leap out in June? Definitely, I think so. I think um, there's definitely going to be some product opportunities. So I think over the past couple of months, we've obviously seen a massive increase in demand for casual and loungewear. I was reading one report, report that said it increased 433% um, in the second quarter. In the second quarter, and you know, even kind of nuances around, we're seeing kind of Instagram accounts pop up with fashionistas sharing their working from home outfits. Um, so I think there's nuances like that that you can, as a retailer or a marketer you could be nimble around you know using things like social listening or search data to kind of understand what those trends are and you can bring that through in your comms but I think really the biggest um, opportunity and trend amongst retailers going forward is going to be going big on promotions you know we've seen that a lot of retailers have a huge huge amount of stock um, that hasn't been sold and also have a huge amount of revenue to make up 
Um, so I think it's going to be going into a kind of very, very heavy price promotion period. I um, know that M&S have got their rainbow sale, um, which they're running at the moment. I think that's a really nice one because they've added um, they've added the kind of customer incentive that 10% of that will go to the NHS as well. So it's not just that promotion. It's about adding something extra and really kind of the feel of the nation at the moment. Um, so I do think there's going to be, those will probably be the two things. The big one will be the promotions, but then also being able to be nimble and see those kind of smaller micro trends pop up. Yeah, I think that I think the promotional um, aspect that you touch upon, Becca, is going to be crucial. I mean, certainly from a, a pay perspective, the the market is be- going to become so competitive. Probably, you know, we're talking about Black Friday and things like that. It is going to be a Black Friday esque period, and then we've got Black Friday afterwards. So we're probably going to have four or five months, which is just you know people trying to potentially either get rid of spring summer stock if they you know they, they couldn't get rid of it during this period um, due to to whatever reason. So you've also got that plus your autumn winter delivery, and then Black Friday is around the corner. So it's going to be a very competitive landscape, and I think you know making sure you've got the right strategy in place for that is going to be crucial because you don't want to be undercut, but you don't want to. Walk also sell yourself really short where you, you don't really make any money out the back of it you don't want to be selling things at, at cost price for example in bulk um because you know it's it's great to get money in but how long is that sustainable for um i think there's there's going to be quite a few changes over the the next couple of months i mean obviously the biggest affected industry since since this uh, pandemic was travel um but travel also links to retail so as soon as the travel industry opens back up you are going to have people who are you know buying for holidays are they going to be buying shorts or swim shorts you know flip-flops all these kind of different little niches that you you don't really think of are going to start to boom, um, especially if people are going to be putting promotions on left, right, and centre. It's going to be a competitive, a, a competitive space for for everyone to kind of get involved in. But I think um, one thing to to really kind of think about is just because a trend is there right now doesn't mean that trend can't be curbed. So we've um, we've been working quite closely with a lot of our kind of retail clients over the past couple of months and how they how they get through this. And we actually saw one completely book a trend which was you know retail was was down quite a bit um when, when lockdown started so it was down around 50 or 60 percent um but you know with with the right plans in place one of our retailers actually ended up 20 percent year on year um which is you know an incredible change considering everything that's going on now i feel like that is a you know a perfect example of how while everything might seem bad it, it doesn't seem like you know the the opportunity to just turn everything off there's still opportunity there so if you can strategize in the right way you can certainly make the most out of it Mm, definitely and I think um you know there's some really interesting stuff coming through from global web index um especially you know what um what would encourage um, purchase around this kind of time um, broader than just online as well? A lot of people saying flexible, flexible payment options. So, you know, things like Klarna and Clearpay could be considerations for retailers, but also loyalty perks as well. So thinking about, you know, your current customers. I know traditionally a lot of retailers will go the strategies about new customers, but actually thinking about how can you retain those existing as well? Right. And um, I think... You know that's kind of that's kind of on the nuts and bolts side of it, and um, and I think it's interesting when you start talking about things like flexible payments and Mm. and and that kind of thing. Um, I think a really interesting thing is what consideration should we give around messaging as we come out of lockdown? And um, I think although there, you know, inevitably people might be exploring new retailers, so the stuff around trust and. There might be stuff around, you know, flexibility and uh, kind of good offers and good promotions. Um, but 
I think one thing that has come up time and time again in these sessions is that because a lot more people have spent a lot more time with a lot more websites, you have in, inevitably got new audiences. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, 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 you, what you think about this, Becca, but taking time to understand those new audiences yeah. might, could really impact your messaging. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think a lot of what I'm seeing as well is um, in other sectors as well is about using this period as well to kind of refocus your marketing plans. So looking at your audiences again, doing research, really, really understanding have they shifted, what's resonated um, and actually thinking about how can we be going into the, you know, this next period and really make the most of that and max out and making sure the strategies and the audiences that we're going after are going to be the best for our brand and the best for our revenue. Um, so definitely, definitely thinking about reappraising your audiences. And with that, you know, whereabouts are they online? What different touch points? You might actually have a whole new audience that you'd never considered before and actually might need to start thinking about different touch points. Um, so definitely, I think reappraising that um, is really, really important. I think an interesting one with the M&S example with the mm. rainbow sale and um, pre pandemic there was a lot of conversation in marketing about cause-based marketing mm, yeah. and, and this kind of thing and um i think as we went into the pandemic we were we were telling uh, our clients and and talking about making sure you're being authentic don't try and do mm. something don't try and change your behavior to suddenly be um you know a champion of the community when you weren't before mm. um do, do you think that mns are going to be the only people or do you think we need to have a bit of a change in messaging that's going to reflect causes and social uh, issues? Yeah. yeah so I think I've seen you know there are a lot of um, there's a lot of research around there and it's not just recent stuff obviously this kind of brand purpose and um, brand supporting social causes has kind of been bubbling under the surface for a long time um, I think there's some kind of stats around there saying you know three quarter of millennials say they're more likely to buy from a brand um, that um, support social issues and I think definitely we're kind of seeing um, I think especially during the early stages of lockdown we saw a lot of retaliation for retailers that weren't necessarily doing what consumers thought were the, was the right thing and um, so you know ASOS had a bit of backlash um, around how they were conducting kind of warehouse um, so I do think it is something that's going to be really, really interesting. And I think it kind of comes into marketing philosophies as well. So, you know, you'll look at someone like Mark Ritson, who will basically say, you know, it's all just rubbish and doesn't mean anything. But actually, you know, there's a lot of research out there that supports it. So I definitely think it could be a trend that continues. And as well as the, the kind of cause-based stuff, mm. I think the other thing that we've seen and um, I know you've been enjoying is all the kind of DIY yeah. Um, photo <laughs> shoots exactly. and, and, and maybe think, virtual stuff I mean do, do we think yeah. this is going to go forward well, yeah no definitely I think it's kind of um you know that side for retailers about how do you do business as usual a lot of us have obviously had to understand how we work from home and um you know not being able to go to meetings but how do you do a photo shoot especially if you're in fast fashion and you need to be turning around stock really quickly how do you do a photo shoot when you can't have shoot um, so I think it's been really interesting to see a lot of the fashion brands innovate you know they've got people like ASOS that are giving the camera to the models and it's kind of taking selfies at home and um, you've got some brands that are kind of using digital digital influencers which I think is really really interesting um, and you know ASOS again are, are being innovative and actually um, using kind of virtual dressings so they kind of dress the models that they've already got um, 
3D, 3D models, 3D castles, um, in kind of virtual clothing. And that's a really quick way to turn that around. So I think it has definitely been interesting. And then I think you've got the weirder side of it as well. I don't know if anyone's seen Zara's stuff recently. Um, so they've gone very, very quirky um, with their DIY photography. You've got a model posing on a hobtop of a oven and you've got um, them doing like backflips or whatever in their bedroom. So it's been really interesting to see how retailers have kind of tried to um, try to address that. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, mm. we we were doing a, a pitch today for a, a a massive virtual event, so using all green screen CGI mm. technology. That you know, I think this this is going to be around for a bit because um, you know, e- even if lockdown happens, it, we might get a bit of hesitancy for people to attend things. Yeah, but also definitely. creatively, it, it makes it more playful. You can do, you can you can let your imagination run riot when you've yeah. got a virtual. Uh, oh yeah, completely. I think. Yeah, and I think it's been interesting if you have a look at what's been going on um, in China as well with fashion. And um, some of the brands out there are doing things like they're having kind of fashion shows that no one's attending, but they'll give VIP um, kind of Zoom access to their customers, their VIP customers. Um, So I think there's a way that you can definitely involve kind of consumers in that as well. And I know um, I've been watching a lot of kind of YouTube at the moment and seeing a lot of influencers, a lot of the kind of launch events and things like that are done by Zoom now. So, you know, it doesn't have to be that everything comes to a standstill. It's about how do we kind of flex and shape with what's going on at the moment. Yeah, right. So that's that. You know, new new messaging, new customers. Um, you know, uh, this increase in online sales. So, um, what I think the final thing is, what what kind of advice would we give to to, to make sure that we retain those people in the future and, and that we make the most of the fact that we've had a whole bunch of new people coming coming into our websites? Ben, do you want to? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I think I think one key kind of factor linking to what I mentioned earlier on was you know having that online presence as as people who would generally be you know footfall traffic. How are they going to then find you if they're not allowed to, you know, visit your store? So utilizing things like Google Shopping and, and social is going to be crucial and so, social on the on the more part, really, um, because of the increase in demand that we're seeing on social. So re-engaging with customers is, is relatively straightforward, but making sure that you've got the right tactics in place is going to be key um, to, to kind of linking that messaging with the right demographic. So, you know, two kind of tips that we would give is absolutely use remarketing. So, you know, building lists within GA and then um, rolling that out, whether it's on uh, social platforms or whether it's going to be on, you know, just general search campaigns that you're doing is going to be really important. Um, I guess from a kind of an awareness perspective and ensuring that, you know, um, you're putting the right messaging in front of people at the right time is having a look at how your remarketing is set up. So I know something that we touched on a few weeks ago was how this time period is, you know, it's not something we've ever really experienced before. So how do we adapt strategies to that, especially from a a remarketing perspective as people move from potentially not being in the funnel to now being in it and people being at the bottom of the funnel may have less disposable income. So they're moving further back up the funnel. So, you know, utilizing how people are interacting with your websites to put the right messaging in front of them. Um, what we what we don't want to do is, you know, something we saw very early on from a, a relatively, I'd say relatively, a, an absolutely massive brand in the UK. They went very sale heavy very quickly, and I was one of their target audience. And the first thing I thought was, you know, if I'm if I'm a person who's been put on furlough and I'm, you know, a bit insecure about the, the financial situation at the minute, the last thing I want is to be absolutely hammered with sale promotions constantly. So that wasn't the right message for the general audience, you know, um, it might have been the right message for me, but for someone else, it's like, you know, that could put someone off, not only short term, but for the foreseeable future. So it's making sure that the customers that you have 
already, you aren't going to you know, discourage them in the future. Um, and ones that you don't have, it's how do you have that soft messaging that you know, is relatable to them? Um, you know, just be compassionate, I guess, because we're all in this situation together. We all have different situations personally. So mm-hmm. making sure that you aren't too sale heavy or you know, too straight to the point is, is, is quite crucial. Um, and utilizing that within remarketing is really key to making sure you stay engaged with, with people who either have or haven't really uh, purchased off you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Scott, did you have anything? I know it's one of your um, hot topics. Uh, I think there's a lot sort of speaking to sort of brands and, and retailers over the last couple of weeks. I think there's, there's probably some phases to it. There's an immediate one over what you're doing now for spring summer. Um, certainly not how you plan your spring summer campaigns or your stock buying. So I suppose there's how do you how how do you how do you clear spring summer sort as profitably as you can? And I think there's ways to do that through social, but I think some of that really granular approach within shopping to make sure you're you're as efficient as you can, you're targeting at a product level rather than category allows you to to do that. So I think there's as a business, how do you exit your spring summer season as as profitably as you can? And then I think there's a longer term one. So after this, so whether it's out of lockdown and, and trends begin to come up is how are you, like Ben was saying, how are you maximizing the current traffic to make sure that you're capturing them to be able to market on social to remarket too. So when government announces in two weeks, three weeks times, this is going to happen is can you then pivot your activity to then start building for that? So how do you get people looking towards this being able to go outside, being able to do more and, and be front of mind for that when they're allowed. I think the other one is then looking to autumn winter. Um, we're me now, we're probably only three, four months away before we'll be having stock out autumn winter. So I think it's looking at how are you going to maximise that. It's never been as important a season to be able to recover, recover cash from the rest of the year, certainly on a discounted spring summer. So I think there's looking to those social campaigns to build up for. I think there's making sure your paid activity is running as profitably as it can, but also looking at other channels like SEO. We know it takes three or four months to be able to turn SEO around. So how do you how do you make that to, to maximize the most views you can in autumn winter? Yeah. And I think people are spending well and people are seeing return at the moment through paid, but how do you reduce that reliance on paid for autumn winter? Because you yeah. don't want to be in that that bun fight when it comes into comes in a really competitive Black Friday. Yeah, and, it, and uh, you know, for some people, it may even be the right time and the first time to consider some of the broadcast channels, like, you know, yeah. either going on TV or, or, or VOD. Um, great. So uh, uh, just one quick question that we got on the Q&A. Um, what insight and social listening tools do you use to measure trends? Well, we, we, we've got a pretty sophisticated offering uh, around that. Yes, we do use some of the tools that we've talked about, like Global Web Index, but we also have a lot of bespoke um, data kind of analytics. And um, if uh, any of you are interested in that, just um, we'll, we'll kind of say hi following up on this call. But if, you, if you're interested in, in how we approach all that, um, very happy to discuss that with you further. But it's, uh, it goes a bit further than just looking at um, what's on Google Trends. Um, so... Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, I think that's kind of uh, brings us to, brings us to a close now. I think uh, you know. I think there's five things that we really take from that uh, session today, which is um, you know, don't go quiet now. It's a really important time. You know, carry on investing in 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 your marketing. Um, the second point being max out on your shopping and social. 
um, activity. So, so Google Shopping and, and social media advertising, but also, you know, do do use this time to invest in some of your UX and uh, and some of the offers that your you know your your complete offer, so that your experience is is really good. Um, get ready for the Q3 Black Friday, the new Black Friday. Um, but also consider things like at this point, you know, about payment flexibility. Looking at looking at some of your the things that you could do to to make sure that that's really frictionless. Um, number four, you've got new audiences, so have a look at what 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 they're telling you. You know, what what are they looking for? What are the personas? Don't don't just rely on the data from uh, last year. You know, you've got new people, so so maybe you need to speak to them a little bit differently, and they might respond to different products and different. Uh, different services and then the final part yes again that new audience but build remarketing pools so that you can really maximize on 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 what's been going on so um that's it um it's friday it's a bank holiday so i hope you all uh, go and, and have an enjoyable one i hope the sun shines where you are and um thanks to the panelists today and uh, stay safe we'll 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 hopefully see you again soon